Today, I, I know this message will sound philosophical, but it is actually extremely biblical. And I trust that it will help us in this quest of life on purpose, because what we have been asking of ourselves for the last number of days and weeks, again, with life on purpose, is basically the question, who am I and what on earth am I here for? And it's amazing how many of us get into adult years and still don't know who we are. And we, don't, we keep asking the question, what am I here? What do I do? It's because we've, we've just limited ourselves to, well, if I don't do this, if I'm not this, if I don't have this education, then there's nothing else to do. And yet we've learned that we're all created by God with purpose sprinkled right into the mix of our lives, and we are to fulfill that. So I would say the next question is, what have I become? Take a moment and just do self-reflection. What have I become? What am I at age 20-something, 30-something, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80-something? What have I become? What am I right now? And when you ask yourself that, then you have to realize, no matter what age you are in those categories, from the, from the youngest I mentioned to the oldest, that the principle of reaping what we have sown comes into play. If I can have a little help with the monitors, I'm hearing a ringing. And so with that in mind, that tells us, first of all, I didn't just get here. I have invested in myself. That doesn't mean I intentionally did it with good intentions, but whatever I am, I've contributed. The things that I've done, the things that I've sown, that is what I've reaped. And so then you're asking yourself, you're right here, but where is here? So beyond what have I become, then of course the big question is, what am I becoming? Sounds philosophical, but you'll see now really how biblical it is because we're in a journey. We're growing we're growing in multiple ways, physically, spiritually. You might be growing up. You might be growing down. You might be very slowly growing. You might have one of them accelerated growth times in your spirit, in your emotions. What has this journey in the last year of tragedy taught you? Has it made you stronger or has it weakened your resolve? So again, you are here. But where is here? And where do I want to go? And I've got to have a plan of action. So who am I? What am I here for? What have I become? And what am I becoming? Now, some of us that are older in this congregation, some of you streaming right now, would say, I'm just becoming old. That may be a part of it, but I trust that is not your ultimate goal. That's not a very good goal just to get old, because that kind of just happens. And many times when we say, I'm just getting old, that means I got license to grumble and complain. 
And that's not a very good goal. So we really do this thing and we look inward. I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. Stand with me as we read God's word together. 1 John chapter 3, the first three verses. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, don't you just love being called the beloved? Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. But again, notice verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let it really speak to us where we are right now in this journey called life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, many of you that's memorized any scripture at all have probably memorized that particular passage. And it simply tells us that in Christ we have become a new creation. That new creation is imagery that tells us that even though I'm walking around in the same flesh that's aging day by day, Something inside radically changed. When I came to Christ and asked Jesus to be my Savior, in that instant, as we confess our sins only to him and he forgives us and believe he is the very Son of God, the Bible tells us we are born again. There's a new beginning. For some of us, that was many, many years ago, some just a few months ago, maybe days in that, that we realize, as we talk about new beginnings, there's a beginning. You are here. It's a new here, spiritually, that now I'm on a different trajectory in this thing called life, living life on purpose for his purpose, his purposes. And again, you say, well, that sounds simple, but it's foundational. So again, we see this, this map We've all been there with our map quest. We've all had our digital little icon that tells us as we're driving down the road, this is where you are right now, and we're looking ahead down the interstate, down the road, into the neighborhoods, or maybe one of them mall pictures. You're in the mall, and I need to know where this particular store is, so you're here, and I need to walk down this way to get where my destination is. As it comes to this, we realize that, again, in Christ there's a new beginning. In him, I'm a new creation. What is that saying to us? We're intelligent people. Turn to somebody and say to you, he's talking to you. Maybe someone comes down to an altar of decision, prays, and becomes born again, and they turn around and leave. They've got the same clothes on, don't they? They've got the same hairstyle, the same perfume, same cologne. What is that saying? We realize again 
that it's speaking in him, in Christ, I am now a child of God. I am right now, presently, a child of God. Does that mean that everything has changed in my life? No. And this is where the rub is. This is the struggle. I prayed in an altar. I gave my heart to Jesus. I thought my addictions would just go away. I thought I wouldn't have this fiery temper. You know who you are. I thought my language would just completely change. But I got a foul mouth. And when I get upset, I let everybody else know I got a foul mouth. Any takers on that one? So what does it mean? It means that I have been reconciled. And now I am in right relationship. Man, I love this. That doesn't mean I have become what I'm going to become. Man, it's a preach. But I'm in right relationship to get the job done. I'm in position now to get where I need to go. I'm in position now to go where others want me to go. To change my ways that need to be changed. So I'm in the right path. I've been reconciled. Righteousness now. I'm walking down paths of righteousness. Just like we've seen individuals struggling with chemical addictions. And they do so well for so long. And then all of a sudden there's a relapse. There is a failure. And all the emotions that come with it. I thought I was doing better. You have been doing better. But you fell. What are you going to do now? You're here now, but where do you want to go? Come on, somebody. So I've been reconciled. Galatians 6 and 15 says that now that I'm in Christ whether we're talking about religious things or just natural things, what really counts is that I'm a new creation. The wording there is whether I'm circumcised or uncircumcised, whether that's a natural experience or for all of us, male and female, a spiritual experience, I have now been circumcised. Well, I wasn't circumcised, but I'm in Christ. And all the arguments and all the confusion and all the religious traditions and, and all these things that come along with it, what he's saying is what's important now is that I'm born again, is that I'm a new creation. I'm in right relationship. We know how it is when we get in trouble with our parents with our grandparents. <clears throat> we know that, you know, it's one thing if, if we're just observing somebody else misbehaving and they're not related to us. Well, would you look at that little punk over there? Look what they're doing. I can't believe some parent would let their kid wear that out there in public. Come on, you know who you are. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when it's your child or your grandchild, Things have changed. Why? Because they're in relationship with you. That doesn't mean you're justifying it, but you're willing to be patient. Wow. This is going somewhere. 
Aren't you so glad that God is long-suffering with us? Why? Because we're now in right relationship with God. Doesn't mean we're right all the time. Turn to somebody and say, he's still talking to you. But we're here. But what what are we becoming? What is the goal? So it starts on the inside, and it is a process. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 18 says, And we now with unveiled face see him, we behold him and his glory, and we are being transformed into that same image by degrees. Thank you, Jesus. I am being transformed. I didn't get everything at salvation, but the process started. And I'm becoming something different. You know, every once in a while, it's okay to do this to yourself. To realize, you know, there was a time I would have just cussed that person out. And do you know I've actually grown a filter now? I thought it, but it didn't come out my mouth. Somebody raise your hand. Is that you? Give yourself a pat on the back. Because you're in Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord is helping you. See, the term that we get afraid of is sanctification. But it's a process. We don't just arrive. I've said it many a time, just because you pray at an altar of decision and give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean that you hear this voice say, beam me up, Scotty, and all of a sudden you're translated. You're still here. And you're here for a purpose. What on earth am I here for? Again, asking the right questions. Again, being transformed into the same image. It tells us that we see God now with unveiled face. That we see his glory. We behold his glory. And we are being transformed degree by degree. This is helping somebody today. I know it is. Because we get impatient with ourselves, don't we? I wish I hadn't got caught up in that gossip. I just hurt somebody. It sounded so juicy. You know, I was always given to that, and I've been doing so good, but I, I got involved in that gossip. I, I, got, I got on that social platform. Media just was going off with it. Yeah! And then you realize it was fake news. Ah, man. I shouldn't have got involved in And in that moment, you say, here I am. Where do I want to go? What am I becoming? Am I just going to give myself over to that? Well, it's just who I am. I'm just going to be a gossip my whole life. I'm just going to be a hothead my whole life. I'm just going to allow that vice to control me, even though it's diseasing my body. It's, It's alienating me from the relationships I want. Am I just going to keep doing it? Or am I asking, what am I becoming? 
This is a grand opportunity to go to someone and say, I need to apologize. I need to ask your forgiveness. I'm not justifying what I did. I was wrong. How, how many of you would love somebody to do that to you that's wronged you? So be that person. If you realize I'm becoming, I actually have a conscience now. I actually want to influence people in the right way. And this wasn't the right way. I need to man up. I need to be a woman of integrity. You see, this is good preaching, folks. It's life on purpose. It's life with purpose. And just instead of just, well, I've just tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be whoever that person is. No, 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 no. I'm becoming. Now, the scriptures already said we don't know what we will become. There's a reason for that. But we can see the process. We can see that, wow, there's change going on. You see, prayer changes not only things, it changes us. And here's the stewardship part of it. Again, it's found in Colossians 3 and 10, saying, now that we have put off these things, we are now putting on other things. And again, that whole thing of, of degrees. Brother Allen, you probably dress similar like I do when you have got up in the morning, you're taking your PJs off, you're showered, and you, you go to a chest of drawers, you go to a closet. Do you just jump into that closet and come out and all the clothes are on you for the day? No, okay, so you dress like I do. I put on one article at a time. This is good, isn't it? I put on this sock, and at a different time I put on this sock. I don't just have them over there and I leap in there and those two socks are on my feet at the same time. I am putting on Christ by degrees. It is a good word. The ultimate goal is I want to get dressed for the day. And trust me, everybody else wants me to be dressed for the day. <laughs> just making sure you're still here. It doesn't just happen. I don't just twist my little nose and just, hey, I'm dressed for the day. It took effort. I had to put my trousers on. had to put a belt on. Whatever the temperature is, depends on what, short sleeve shirt, long sleeve. I need a jacket, maybe a sweater and a jacket. Maybe it's really cold out there. You see, one thing at a time. I'm putting on, and he lists these things. Compassionate heart. How are we doing? Kindness. Meekness. Humility. And above all these things, love. Now, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're just right here. And as soon as we said compassionate heart, you're like, oh, that's not me. But do you love seeing a compassionate heart in somebody else toward you? Boy, that really looked good on them, didn't it? I mean, don't we like bragging on somebody? They walk in, and it's not just because we want to make them feel better. It's like, man, I really like that dress you've got on. I like that outfit you've got on. When you see a compassionate heart, doesn't it just like, wow, 
that person really looks good in that compassionate heart. Man, would you, would you look what's coming in the door over there? Look at that humility walking in the door. And right down center, uh, kindness. Man, now that looks good. You see, if we will capture this and take it from the natural world into that spiritual realm to speak to us, I need to put off these things because when I walk in the room with that on, nobody likes it. I mean, is that really what you want when you walk into a room naturally and like, can you believe what she's got on? She's 60 years old. She shouldn't be wearing that. She's not a teenager anymore. Come on, you know who you are. Don't you say you've never murmured, murmured those words under your mouth, uh, your breath. You just can't wait to find somebody. Would you check that out over there? I would call Carrie over here. He's got to come, and he's heard from his friends, but we'll leave it for another day. What we're seeing here is it's our responsibility. What have I become and what am I becoming? It is the fact I'm in right relationship to get the right things on. And I've got that compassionate heart, but how am I doing with humility? How am I doing with meekness? Man, I'd like to try that one day. See, some of us say, man, I don't know if I can ever wear that. Oh, yeah, it'll look good on you. It'll fit all sizes and this whole thing of love. So here I am. This is what I've become. What am I becoming? The last thing I want to share with you today. Also, there's been studies done of of modern Christian music versus 50 years ago's music, whatever. And, And yes, it is true when you look at the lyrics, when you listen to the title of songs, there was a time that there was a lot of songs written about heaven and now not so much. We're focusing on other things that we're battling or, or need to be reminded of. And of course, thank God we have all of it. But it is important to know exactly what the scripture was saying. As it tells us, we have not totally become what we're going to become. It's not been revealed yet. And we're looking for his appearing. And when we see him, we shall see him for who he is. I I read the story of a boy one day. And the father went over to him. The little boy was just drawing out this picture. And dad was really enthralled. The boy was really getting into the picture. And he knew the boy really didn't draw very much. And he said, son, what are you drawing? He said, I'm drawing a picture of God. Dad was very interested now, and he walked over, and he said, Son, I don't want to disappoint you. You're putting a lot of effort in it, but nobody knows what God looks like. He said, When I get done in a few minutes, Dad, they will. <laughs> As we envision God, I'm sure we would have different definitions. Now, I'm not saying multiple gods. That's not what we're saying. There's one God. What does he look like? What did Jesus look like in mortal flesh? This is what the scripture is telling us to look forward to in this journey. When he returns, we shall see him for who he is. 
Some of us will be elbowing the first. See, I told you what he looked like. Others will say, wow, I'm amazed. I didn't get any of it right. And then it says, and we shall become. And so there has to be inside of us the ability to layer these things and be more than one dimension. In other words, the expression of yesteryear was, well, so-and-so so heavenly-minded, no earthly good. Is that really what we want to be? No. We want to have the mind of Christ and to think about things which are above. We're encouraged to do that in Scripture. But we're also to be good stewards now. If we focus just on the now, we may be a great, wonderful person, but are we sharing our faith? Are we sharing our hope? Is it encouraging us? Some of us has got age on us, and our bodies are starting to talk to us and say, we can't do what we used to do. Do I have any takers on that? Do you ever have the thought, one of these days, I won't have that problem again? One of these days, I'm going to get a brand new body. It's not going to have any arthritis in it. It's not going to have any pains or aches. Now, some of the young ones are like, oh, listen to these old people. They don't know what they're talking about. See, you don't have to be that old to realize your body will start talking to you. And do you know you're fulfilling Scripture when that happens? Because it tells us all of creation is groaning. And we join in. As our bodies groan, they're actually talking to us. Not that they would be unclothed, but rather clothed. Put this off so that I can have this put on. As the process of aging goes on and we get close to our appointment to leave, it should be speaking to us all along. You know, all the aches and pains. And I like quoting the scripture in the King James, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time shall not be worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in me not too many hours, days from now. I love that word reckon. I know it sounds like a southern colloquialism just to say, well, I reckon. But it's a strong word. I reckon on that. I'm camping out right here on that. I'm reckoning his word to be true. That the suffering I'm going through right now, one day will be forgotten. Because the glory that I'm beholding, wow, will so outshine and surpass the contrast that I'm going through right now. That'll preach. What am I becoming? So let's zoom up to Revelation 21. And it tells us a moment. I love those pictures that the Bible gives us of the future. They don't give us just the videographic look of it for hours on end. We just get those snapshots. And this is one of them. When Jesus is saying, behold... I make all things new. There won't be any old stuff any longer. You see, we got to realize God's been the creator all along. Not only the days of creation, he is creating in us a new heart at times, 
a clean heart. Always uh, the garments that now put them on, they have been tailor-made just for you. You didn't think that you could ever wear that compassionate heart, but I've got this set aside with you in mind. I've fashioned your days before you yet lived them. I love this stuff. Now you can put it on. But to see him there and just say, behold, that word behold, I mean, it just gets your attention, doesn't it? It's like fireworks going off. Behold, all things. I make all things new. The one who has made a new heaven by that time. We won't be able to find the Big Dipper anymore. It's gone. It was old. Behold, all things made new. Pastor, do you really believe that? Yeah, it's in his word. And a new earth renovated for its new season. New bodies. And we're all looking forward to that. Amen. That'll never wear out. That'll never grow old. That'll never disease. Wow. And he goes on and he says, and a new Jerusalem. I'm going to do a contrast and I'll probably hurt some feelings in just a moment. But I trust you see what the scripture is really doing for us. When it gives us definition of a new Jerusalem, and it's a city built four square, 1,500 miles wide, long and high, 1,500 miles of a new Jerusalem coming down. Oh my God, behold it coming down. And each wall, of course, has it. They're made of jasper. Can you see it? Why is that important? That's very important. Because that's where we're going to totally be coming to. These walls of jasper each have three gates. Ladies, you like your jewelry, don't you? Some of the men do. Can you imagine gates built out of one pearl each? And the city behind that wall is made of the purest gold, so translucent, it's like looking through ice, looking through glass, just incredibly pure. Wow. What do you call it? I call it home. That's where my destiny will take me. I may be here right now, but where am I going? I'm going to go home. And in that, it goes on in definition, and it tells us that itself has 12 foundations of jasper and sapphire and agate and emerald. Do I need to go on? And of onyx and carmelian and chrysolite and beryl and topaz and chrysophrase and jacinth and amethyst. My, my, my. Realtors, eat your heart out. Wouldn't you love to have this listing? As people, so, well, what kind of place do you have? Oh, my. It's out of this world. Just the foundations of loan are absolutely beyond description. And he tells us, that you need to plan on taking a trip. 
that that can be your destiny management. That no matter what we're going through, whether it's physical pain, social pain, heartache of loss in this life, this is not the end. I might be here right now, but I know where I'm going. You see, I told you I might hurt your feelings. Because before we get to the tree of life and the river of life, uh, we realize that we all were raised with something very special cinematography years ago. Actually, 1939, The Wizard of Oz was shown. It was put to film from a 1900 children's story. And we love the imagery there, but you see, it isn't where we're going. We're going somewhere far grander than Oz. And we don't have a wizard that we've been looking for. I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. And it sounds so fun, but you see, it was all created from an atheist perspective. You see, it was all about coming against anything religious and all the charlatans that were doing smoke and mirrors behind the curtains to mesmerize the masses. It was Dorothy that was uh, given the privilege to meet the good witch, the good ideal atheist that would help Dorothy on her destiny, that would take her to her path of enlightenment, the yellow brick road. See, I've just hurt some of your feelings. But the reality is that's why that was created, to send that imagery that religion is not the right answer, that there's self-discovery, and in that's that path of enlightenment. But to where? For us, that's why I took the time again. Some of you may have never taken the time to go to Scripture. What will the new Jerusalem look like, at least the headlines? It's not Oz, it's heaven. It's New Jerusalem, and it's coming down. And there's nothing ever been created like it. And when Jesus left this earth after his passion with us in mind, he said, don't lose heart, because where I am, ye shall be also. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm here to tell you. Does he know how to create a place for us or not? It's not that built on the sand when the storms come. No, it's been built on the rock. The rock of salvation. Would you stand with me today?